Welcome to the show. This week we've put together a compilation from nine previous shows where we've found the conversations connect. I think you'll enjoy. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. This is, this is a key thing that I learned from Clubhouse. You don't know, like, I'm not going to reach out to Garvin straight away because you're in the production academy. Yeah, like, yeah you've turned down my call 10 times now, Parik. I can see that. <laughs> I've got the message. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to reach out to you and go, Garvin, I have this fantastic movie that's going to cost a million quid to make. Will you make it? Because I, I think you used to use the expression with me. You're, you're just handing me a bloody bill, man. So what I do is I reach out and I will ask a question as opposed to saying, will you give me this or will you give me that? So when I reach out to cinema chains, for example, I say, hi, guys, have you dealt with self-distributing filmmakers in the past? And if so, what's the process? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not asking for anything. I'm trying to bring value yeah. to what they're offering yeah. their customers by offering them a product. But again, going back to what we said, if you don't have a product, you can't offer them in squat diddly. So you automatically become, again, to use Garvin's expression, a bit. Film maker. If you're a film maker, you make the product. You didn't say film seller, film marketeer, film... You're getting closer because your whole persona is changing and you've took on these other multi-hyphenates of, actually, hold on a second, I'm the investor. Now, I've got to work backwards. Well, I want an ROI for myself. I'll just talk to myself here, turn around and go, right, Porrick, as an investor in me, you, Porrick, I want you to tell me what you want to do about marketing to get to the audience. Now, I know you can make it because I've already spoken to you earlier about making. You can sort that bit. I'm going to give you a very limited budget as me as an investor. But now, with the bums on seats in mind, us as marketeer, business, business entrepreneur, trust you as maker but there's no point in making it if we don't sell it. Yeah, one of the things that we're noticing through, again, talking to a number of people, is that quite often the producers or the filmmakers are, are sort of throwing their hands up and say, that's not my job. They go and they, they want somebody else to fix that problem. But until they get used to fixing the problems themselves, they're never really going to move forward with their particular productions. But George, 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 the interesting thing there. there was, as worker in the industry, you're right. It's not your job. It's not your job as cameraman to be sell, to be working out pay-per-click and SEO and, and, and Instagram. You know, but if you're entrepreneur, indie production producer, on you're in the business of film and there's no role you can leave out in the whole holistic business sphere unless you've got a budget for it and somebody else yeah. is doing it. There's a guy in the States, Alex Ferrara is his name, and he kind of praise filmpreneur. And that's what you have to Now do. you have it. I, I, I was trying to come up with it there, and I was going, uh, film, I've gone through words in my mind. I, I actually nearly got it. I said film, I said film, I just didn't get rid of a couple yeah. of letters in between. It, it was a natural arrival. Yeah, you have to be the script writer, you have to be the director, the cameraman, the sound person. You've got to be all these hats to get your product made. But then you've got to be the PR company. You've got to be the marketing guy. You've got to be the sales agent. You've got to be the distributor. So what, what, what that guy recommends you do is you niche down to an area that you can yeah, find. Now you own it. Her, her all day long knows its audience. Its audience knows it. And yeah. zombie, it will seek it out. It will find it. If you just put the word in there, they will find you. They will watch you. They'll give you the time of day. And, and they might even give you a dollar. And, and therefore, they're there. So if you're doing something all day long with the best chance 
You've said it. It's a, it's a micro horror. It's as few moving parts as possible. And it's to get that frightability in the mind of the audience that they filled in the CGI. And we're in business. Most people are learning through doing everything because it's the only way you can get something done. Uh, and it can take quite a few years to, to get a project to completion just because you're trying to find the time to... And if the technology keeps updating itself, that can also be a, a kind of problem. So are, are you finding yourself in that sort of role again with your next project? It, it, you know, how, how are things moving in that one? Well, ideally, I don't want to be in that role in the next project. I, I just finished the script for that um, about, well, about a month, or, a month or so ago. So I've sent it to a few people now. And Quick question. Is- What's the budget? Based on your understanding now, from the minimum viable product up, because you know all the roles, what's the minimum that could be done? And then everything after that as an add-on is a named something. You you could do it relatively cheaply. Uh, Now, I will give you a figure in a minute. Um, The reason I say that is it is is one of those holy grail of of micro-budget films where it is pretty much all one location, Pretty much two actors. I mean, Brilliant. There, there we're are, loving it already. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it is it, it, it it's, and it has this sort of conjuring style potential. Like it does have potential that it could be one of those films that makes multiple, like many multiples, what it costs to make it, and that's where the budget comes in because you could make this film with nobodies in a in a mediocre location. Probably for a, a couple of hundred grand, you know, you could make it. You, you could even scrimp it and make it even even less than that. If you want to add in some of the special effects that are in it and you don't want someone like me to do it, where I'm not a VFX expert, I, I, I can do VFX. But, I, you know, if you want to really have it nice and polished, you could add in another couple of hundred grand. So if you, it, I, I would think that the amount of money the film can make will depend on uh, how good the, the cast are and how good the VFX is and how good the location is. I was, I was thinking of it myself. I thought, okay, you could, you could probably find the house like I did with Beyond the Woods. You could probably find the house. You could, you could build the interior in a studio, but it's going to be more expensive to put it in a studio than it is to, to just use a, a location. If you're into film, just keep, keep, keep at it, you know, keep at it and, uh, Keep positive, and like you were saying, that it's a good thing to to remain positive. It's an easy industry to get down about, and just surround yourself with positive people, and uh, get out there and network and meet people who can who you can go on this journey with together. Now I'm gonna show the negativity in. It's not the negativity. It's just Sean keeps on telling me that everybody dies at the end. So I'm going, <laughs> how do you say positive with that one? But again, it's so true. Don't go into the woods today. That's Don't it. go into the woods tonight. That's <laughs> it. If someone's starting out or they're just trying to get a movie sort of planned at this point, how best would they be able to utilize what the film flower has to offer mm-hmm. to them? The yeah. hotel where the the flower is, is situated, there is every possible kind of film worker there. There are producers there, there are investors there, uh, there are film company executives. So that's a really good place to start. And, you know, the markets and the industry events that are there are specifically tailored to link, you know, people with a story, people with a script, with a development executive or with a, a potential producer. So, you know, a young person or not even a young person, but somebody with an idea 
can go to the Galway Flower and hopefully it will be real next year as opposed to virtual. And they will be able to sit down and have a formal session, you know, their time sessions with those guys. They can sit with them in the bar. They can sit with them in the coffee. They can go to their presentations. They can go to their industry events. They can talk to Screen Ireland. They can talk to people in the flower and they will get a lot of context and contents and contacts and a lot of, of development opportunities. They will also get to meet people from the film industry all over the world. You know, not just the superstars, the Gabriel Byrne of the of the world, but, you know, people who are actively involved in the whole range of, of occupations across film. And they will learn an awful lot. It really is a super festival. You know, given the, the kind of size of it, it punches way above its weight in terms of developing the next generations of filmmakers, offering them opportunities. So I would strongly recommend and I used to recommend to all the students, get yourself to the flower. You know, get a notebook in your yeah. hand, talk to people, take down numbers, take down names, follow it up. There's an awful lot you can do to make those connections at the floor. An awful lot of this kind of financial talk is, you know, really, really for like just a, a seasoned producer, really. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to a director. I'm, I'm an artist, so, you know. Right, that's it. No, but you've done a great. The casting is, as artists, you've stepped into the realm of all the other roles because you couldn't wait for someone to give you the money. You've yeah. actually took yeah. on all yeah. the other business roles. Yeah, and I, I mean, producer, but I mean, I, I was just production managing so I could kind of get the film made. Do you do your best work in coffee shops in terms of writing your next screenplays? No, no, I never. No, I, I have to write it by myself. I can't deal with that distraction. Some people like distraction. I, I don't. I like to be by myself and talk to myself. And I like to, like anything I find funny, I'll just write it down or I'll make me giggle. And I, I mean, if I was doing that cop shop, I would just get self-conscious. People would think I'm insane, you know? Yeah. So, or I'll, well, I'll say the lines out to myself. Oh, so I think we've got something in common there, George, now, because I'm an outside talker. I think I'm talking inside my head. I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> talking outside. So we're, we're very alike because we're actually having that conversation with our, me, myself and I, our super ego, our idle libido. We're having that chat about what will work and not work. That's why I need the other three seats around me in a coffee shop, because I'm having the full-on discussion. You're actually playing all the roles. You're playing the writer. You're actually doing acting out the parts. You're, 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 you're visualising it as you go, but then you have to, you know, to bring it to screen. You're saying, it's, it's, I'm sure it's, what we're finding is it's harder and harder and harder for indie, indie producers to attract any type of finance because the investor has left the market. He was never really in the market. It was a very risky investment. Anything under two million, they can't figure out how they're going to get paid. The Netflixes are reducing what they're offering, the, the streamers, the Amazons. They're taking all the upside and they're removing the reward for any investor. So what we're finding is how are you going... Actually, you as a prime example now, in the absence of you being hired onto someone else's movie, have you a new feature in development and... Are you moving more closer to that business hat to basically maybe attract that money to get that made? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to kind of like have like, you know, a two-year plan or a three-year plan in the film industry that, you know, acting yeah. like, you know, you can make shit up if you want. <laughs> See what happens. Well, that's what we're doing. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so I basically, I'm working with Screen Ireland. I got funding to develop a feature film for my short film, Girls. Co-writing that now with Gemma Cray. Uh, so yeah, so the feature um, has developed on from that and we have our first draft and we were talking to producers and things like that. And um, yeah, so it's just about finding the right production house Team. for it. And you apply for 
more Screen Ireland funding, basically, with that production house behind you. Mm. And then eventually production funding and you shoot the thing then. So that's yeah. that's the plan, but we have to get the right producer, the right production company. A lot of... Um... A lot of people that are funding projects, uh, you know, broadcasters or even the even the TikTokers and Facebook, they're motivating the way that people should do stuff without yeah. considering what the philosophies of those processes should be and how they would damage uh, or, or influence the people that are there. Attuned to, to they're still looking for production yeah. value. The weird, yeah. everyone from all angles yeah, yeah. are saying they're not letting this out yeah. unless this production has value because yeah. yeah. they've invested in it. They want their audience to like it. They want to represent themselves as brand me. So the weird thing is, that's what I like about, uh, you know, there's one, there's unprofessionals out there and there's the professionals. Yeah. There's the users and the consumers, <clears throat> but there's the creators and the creators want it to be consumed under all headings up from theatre yeah. to cinema to, yeah. to, to TV and to, to, to social media channels. We're going, we want an audience we want to be validated by our audience and we we, we want and we're only as good as the last thing we put out and we were investing in it and we want to be able to do it again and that's where indie production comes back to us going oh, i don't want to be a one-hit wonder we'd like to do something we'd like to do it again we or we'd like to get or use it as a testimonial to get a job because look what i did i can do this for you with a bigger budget yeah. you know so we what we touched on maybe again yesterday was if you had the choices would you rather be the entrepreneur or creator or do you want to be the jobber? Because if all things are equal, that's about this work-life balance yeah. talk. This is our life. It's very, very important. Yeah. Every minute counts. I'd rather be doing something I love for myself than be beholden to someone else. Yo, that's the time you give up. I think up. You, have, you have to do both. You know, yes. you still have bills yeah. to pay. Like, it's, I can be. Oh, no, no. To say the journey is oh, that's what every passive income. Little fun. No, no, no. no. <laughs> if you, want to do two, if you didn't have to do both, the, 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 you only have to do both because you have to do both. Think, but if you were making enough money yeah. from creative entrepreneurship, you don't have to do but both. But I, I think by not doing things, even if you're going to be locked in a room, writing away, making whatever, I think by not working within the industry outside of that even a bit even if it's like a couple of times whatever i think you're missing out on ah no that's yeah you're choosing yeah. It's, it's that that's that, that having to versus yeah choosing to i think i think it's very i think whatever it is i don't care yeah. i'm like oh they're i work for nothing <laughs> I, don't, I make the tea you know no, I, I, I think there's the... like making and creating and i love making and creating myself that's i, I think but I, you don't want to have to that's the thing. You, you, want to want want to, you know what I mean? Well, that, can I, can I, no, let me just, uh, that can be one of the things, driver as well. That can push you along yeah. and make you do. Well, you know? One of the things I think that's very important is that, uh, I, know, I mean, my two sons, when they went to university, worked mm -hmm. in Sainsbury's. Okay. Both of yeah. them. And, and the, the eldest lad now is, is selling caterpillar stuff for 300 million, all sorts of, but it was the, t it was the skills that he learnt on the floor of Sainsbury's that's helping him with the bigger job that he's actually doing. And I think, I mean, I've always taught the students that I've had that want to go, you've got, you've got to have two streams. You've got to do your creativity. You've got to find time and allocate that time to that, but you've got to go out and do work. But there are other things about social, about how the world works that you learn in those small jobs that gives you the, the wave of, of how to do stuff when you're, you're either older 
And, and it also helps form and structure them as a character and, and how they would then develop. So without that, it, and it's not having to, it's without, you know, if you like people watching, you can't really learn to, how to tell stories well, and how to best to, to present them. To meet and communicate with other people. If you're yeah. telling a story, you're communicating, you're t- you know, you are telling that story. If you're going to work in any area, I think, I worked in pubs for years. I had a great uh, yeah. time. Worked lots of pubs for a long, long, long number of years. And um, while I was also working full-time in theatre, like, I mean, I was working yeah. 15 hours a day because, you know, <laughs> um, I could. I was young and full of energy. But um, the the skills that you, the soft skills, as, yes. you know, like yeah. it, that you learn in those situations are prices, but also the characters, the stories, yeah. the mess and the fun, the music that's on, all the atmosphere, how all these things make you feel will add to what you're trying to create. If you, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. You're, I loved, used to love sitting on buses and listening to other people's conversations because you just <laughs> literally rob these characters from all around you before you oh, I know. put them into. And that's what you do. So if you're locked away in a room just writing, it can, you know, who are you basing your characters on? Like someone can say one sentence to you in a shop or stop you in the park with a dog or whatever, and it can just ignite a whole idea around a scene or around a show. It could be yeah. around anything. I think it's a good exercise to sit down and just write down what your value is in monetary terms. Yeah. I did that for the first time this year where it was time, hourly rate, equipment yeah. rental, um, time editing. I do marketing. I do graphic design. And I, I put a number to all of, the, all of that. And for one of these one-day short films, I came to the conclusion that my value was, was yeah. 5,000 euro. 5,000 euro. It was 5,000 euro. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right now for a second, Frank. The yeah. closing statement I made to George last night while we were doing working out the day rate for the f- films we're looking at was 5,000 yeah. euro a day. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. all the we're... different roles, all the bits, <laughs> all the time. It, it's like saying it's not that we're a 500 quid a day one person. It's not a one person thing. No. You're set, you're, you yeah. mentioned nine different other roles. Yeah, because yeah, I'm doing been, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you're breaking it down into like those and the same, same figure, 5,000. And that was, that was like kind of minimum day rate, yeah. maybe a little yes, bit more yeah. um, based on experience. But yeah, that's so I'm walking into the room knowing that my yeah. I'm here offering you 5,000 worth of value per yeah. day. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even if I'm not getting that, I'm aware that that's what my value is and I can, and that's what I'm bringing. It's kind of like a suit of armor that I go in with, you know. No, here's a weird, think, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a weird number for you. You've arrived at the five a day. You know, most shorts out there are three, or let's say uh, three minutes to 10 minutes or something. So let's say 10 minutes and you're doing three minutes of production output a day. You're coming to this five by five grand. So you're finding this 20 to 30,000 pound cost of a short. Now, a, a feature is just 90 minutes versus 90 minutes. You go, it's 10 times that. So your minimum viable product of a feature of 90 minutes of five grand of three minutes of output per day is over 300,000 quid. Would you experience that from, you know, you, you, you mentioned the other craft that you were doing, which is, you know, in the trades. Do, do, you, do you see yeah. that and can you see the parallels? Oh, completely. Um, I worked on, the, on building sites uh, on and off all my life because that's what my family do. They're builders and painters. and So someone building a house, you know, you're, it's that stage of production you know, all the way to the finished product, which is a house that then sells, you know, you've built it for 140,000, it sells for 250,000. Um, and you do it over a period of six weeks or something. Um, 
Well, interesting thing was when I went to Indiana, I worked as a supervisor in a grocery warehouse for a year. And then when I got the job at Apple, I was talking about my film stuff, but they were really interested in the grocery stuff because the parallel was exactly the same. It was production. It was bringing stuff in, organizing it. And you had, you know, you were dealing with different departments. So you had the truckers, you had the switchers in the yard, you had the offload drivers, you had the put away drivers, you had the product itself. And then you had a time schedule and you had a list of what was the priority to go out. So the production process is the same. By working with multiple people, you, you suddenly develop different ideas. Otherwise, if you worked with the same person constantly, you get stuck in that way. You get into a rhythm and everything just becomes the same. But if you work with different people, you're having to try and get a chance to, to see how they work. There's a lot of psychology in all this. I, I'm, I'm using it all the time to start to read people, to see how they do things. Not assume that my way is the best way, but look at what they're doing and see how I can adapt to their way of working. And that, I think you end up growing far better because you've had that chance to work with. I worked as, a, as an assistant film editor years and years and years ago with about 10 to 15 different editors. So I learned my craft through them and then went off with different people. And then I've worked with multiple directors and stuff like that. Uh, and you suddenly see how, how different people approach solving different problems. And then you know how to adapt when you're in that situation yourself. And, and you know, we've, we, we, we're constantly adapting all the time. So that cross-pollination with different people becomes such an important part of that process. But one of the things I think that would be interesting is do you have a, a, a map, a, a, a of where you hope to get to over the next You're nearly five, talking business planning 101 there, George. Your mission know, statement, your five-year plan. What's your five-year five plan, year plan in two Or months? does that matter? Yeah. Or does that matter? That's the or you're thing. happy to be living in the now. Yeah. Oh, God, no, lads. There's definitely a five-year plan. I think they're, like, I know people are like, oh, five-year plans, whatever. But um, no, there's always uh, a five-year plan. So five years, 2019, we set them. And, like, what we knew that we really wanted to do and what we wanted to spend our money on um, was their best equipment, their best cameras, their best sound gear, um, and their best people to help us kind of along our journey. So exactly freelancers hiring, like Liberty Smith, that producer that I've already mentioned. So so much of my skills that I have learned just through like shadowing her. Um, and it's by hiring these people. So we really what we've said for the next five years that we wanted to do was we want to become self-sufficient. We wanted to grow Wild Rice Fitness to a place where we were able to really keep up with the big boys who had been in this industry a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to be able to really work hard to um, just, um, I suppose, invest in ourselves and invest yeah. in our equipment. That is it. Now, there's a strange thing. The accountant of me is coming back out and going, I, uh, people used to come to me with their five-year plan. We're going, okay, that's great. What's the fifth year? Can we do that in six months? Because, you know, most of the time we build it in based on natural organic growth of taking on risk and being afraid and go, oh, God, I might have two customers. I've got four. We'll grow from one to two to three employees. But if you have the mindset and you believe in yourself, then most of the time the plan is usually based on I can't afford it because I don't have the money, but you could attract investment in if the plan was based on resources and just you've got something to offer. There's a return on investment. That The business of film is the problem we're having where most people are coming to us with their productions is they're coming with the bill of all the jobs and going, 
I need 47 million customers to view this damn thing to pay it back. And that's number three in Netflix. And they, they made a loss. So you're going, but you're, you're talking about you want to grow a business to create two sustainable jobs of yourself and your partner that you're well paid, that your team, that you're not totally, you know, overwhelmed, but there's a constant continuity of recurring income of client that you're constantly doing 12 projects a year, one a month of a certain scale. But the thing is, if you could accelerate that and do it in the next 12 months, would you? Would you? Can you sell the story of the plan of Wild Rice Films to an investor to see you as the next go-to agency? What you're asking is like, do we want, do, do I want to bring Wild Rice Films to a place where I have employees? Um, and it's kind of like, oh, right now the answer is no, but like I know in the next couple of years, um, like me and Rich want to move back home. We're currently in Bristol. I want to go back. I'm from Donegal. I'm from Bundoran. Um, but I want to live in Sligo. We're going to accelerate that yeah. plan. But I yeah, know, yeah. like, you know, like... The work I, doesn't change. Work That's doesn't just change. the work. Yeah, work doesn't change. Well, certainly doesn't change. Um, but like, I'm a young woman. There will be a time when I obviously want to start a family with me and Rich want to start a family and stuff like that. Um, and then is when I would want to like I would want to make sure that we're self-sufficient enough that we can replace myself with somebody that we trust yeah. um and I know how hard I work we might need two people that's the problem um, you need you're doing seven <laughs> jobs uh, we keep on underestimating the budget yeah you're yeah, going, no one is doing those hours yeah. no one no one no one does no one will ever do the same hours as a small business owner let me reassure um, you though that uh because yeah. because I've actually I've actually worked through having two young sons who are now in their third, well, one's in their thirties and we've got grandchildren now, but the, but things do adapt when your needs require. So you don't have to give up things that you thought you might have to give up. You know, that, that's very important. Um, I'm, I'm always a little reluctant to talk about them until they're real, but um, we have this, we have two things that I'm pretty excited about. One is, um, one is like a, an adventure thing for for kids that uh, were put. So James Bond seven number yeah, James, yeah. Bo- James Bond yeah, but Irish so Jim, Jimmy O'Bond. Jimmy uh, O'Bond. <laughs> yeah. And then we have this other one by this is a, a real festival one, and this is the kind of one that like you're putting in all the things in place and stuff, and that's a, a Spanish language film with a, an Italian director called Samuel McFadden, and that's you know I I, I love Sam, I love the idea. You know, it's not all there, but there's such a great process in it that, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be part of that one. So, and the other one's mine, and I'm excited to be part of that for different reasons. But you know, it's you got to care. It's even better when you're not letting yourself the one you're a part of. You're going, I'm not. I fire myself first. You're going. It, it's it's now. It should be well. You've just said in the one sentence: work and passion. You know, this is mine. That's work. I'm involved. I'm one of a team. I'm 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 one of a bigger machine. I'm in the industry. It's a bigger something. I don't know how much that is. It's 10 million, 20 million, five or but the other one, if you because you know, we love the old accountant and me can't help itself is going, you're one, you're one on the side. Everyone we've talked in the last 15 interviews has has the the passion one in the handbag or the man bag. They're going, it's half a million, it's 15 million. We, well, I think we're gonna make this a common subject going forward. What's in your man bag? What's the budget? Five million. Or your Five million. Five million. At the what moment. do you need? The, um, well, it, it's, you know, it's a different, like the, the problem with the one I'm doing there to speak about is that it's so, it's so big that I feel I'm just waiting for it to fall apart. 
but the smallest version of it is a five million feature. And that's not um and you know and the ret- that's not insurmountable. Yeah. It's not. That's that's like the yeah. that's the average low size indie film. Well, can we just clarify um, that um, you're talking now as a producer or as a director in this particular role? Both. You're both. You're going to direct it as well. So so which which yeah. which which part of you? Which of the two roles that you're talking about at this particular point in time is the dominant role until you get into pre-production or wherever? Well, we're. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're already in production on some parts of it, but um, the and I'm flipping back into the writer head on it because right, okay. I'm, I'm getting these notes. But as the producer, I'm like, we'll we'll fix it out later. <laughs> we're like, we'll we'll get there. It'll be grand. But then in editing, in post production, we'll I'm an editor. The, the last thing I want to hear yeah. is that we'll solve it in editing. I can tell you. <laughs> well, like yeah, the, that's the the beautiful thing about kind of doing more stuff is that you work with more people yeah. and. Yeah. You don't want them there because it's just to have a big army beside you. You want them there because you want their input. Like what I'm saying about like how the roles are there for a reason yeah. and that they're to help the project and to help everyone. So you I, know, while I don't love the process and notes and all this, yeah. you know, you have to bring it in and kind of well, see. Well, I, I'm currently going through it. I'm going through a director's manual at the moment. I'm just re re I'm, every so often I go back to basics to see if I've forgotten stuff or whether I'm still on target with stuff, you know, what's really good is that what Garvin and I have been looking at with some of the scripts that we've been sort of viewing is the fact that the writer is a director and we're getting director's notes in, in the writing where there shouldn't be any of those things. There shouldn't be any descriptions of camera movements and likes of, and, and, and again, I know that from my own experience uh, because I've written and directed and I'm producing um, is that you need to have a, a writer's script before you get the director dealing with it. How do you, you know, work with those two processes? Are you, is there a lot of camera direction or direction notes in, in your writing or are you keeping those out? Can you separate the different roles that you're actually undertaking? Um, I, I have a kind of a dual kind of view on that. Like one, who knows where the camera's supposed to be till you see the location. If you're not in a studio, yeah, yeah. like who knows? Yeah. So it's like you go out there, you feel it, you feel where you feel where the right position for the camera is. You do that through recce yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then the other side is like you do need to give a sense of what the audience are seeing in the script. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that requires just very simple cut to this, cut to this. And I, I'm I go the other way. I, I like to say cut to without saying cut to. Yes, yeah. When I'm writing. But um, some people just prefer it the other way. It, you know, it really depends on your viewpoint. Because, like, at the end of the day, when you're watching a film, you don't really get what the script said. Um, oh, I know. You, you care about how the process went to get there, yeah. um, and it's all feeds in. I'm not saying the script isn't important or anything like that. I'm saying it's part of what's feeding into the audience experience. So it's it's all together, and really, like, I guess that's kind of like a shooting script as well, where you get to a point it, where you it, say, I, yeah, want this, that, I want this, I want this. That becomes the second, that's the secondary one. Uh, the reason we're saying this yeah. is that what we're discovering is that when we come to analyze the script and put it through a process to break it down, uh, what we're finding is that uh, all the all those little things that aren't meant to be there sort of throw in hiccups into the budgeting process, because we're starting to automate yeah. some of those processes so that we can very, very quickly see what a budget should look like and get a good reasonable idea of what some of the the things that are needed in there. The really important part of the, of the show is the fact that you have managed to, to, to find an investor. You've been honest about the way that the, the film is is more than likely not going to generate the, the revenue and the, and the investor has been happy to 
to to put the money there. You've also not taken on the burden of doing everything, which I think is fantastic because that's one of the indie filmmakers' uh, downfall is they tend to take everything on. And you've found this family of people to help you, as in professionals within the film industry that you've worked with, which also means that because the experiences they're having on the shoots that you're doing, they will more than likely come on the next shoot because they know they're going to have the same enjoyment. And as you've also discussed, that on the bigger films, quite often the people feel as though they're insignificant and not part of a family, which also demonstrates that quite often those that do generate an income from the bigger uh, bigger films love coming down to work on the smaller budget films because they feel as though they can have a bit of an impact on the way that film is made and be more creative. And that that's a brilliant thing to hear from our perspective. So I think that's my kind of wrap up. But just to just to wrap up, what would you like to say to the audience, James, to to either motivate people forward or or consider things that that might put their films at risk not to do just to get, you know, be more positive about the process? Um I think um you know it's a lot of people who sort of, uh, uh, you know, kind of give advice and sort of always say, just go out there and 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 just just you know do it push as hard as possible, and and I think that is is good advice um, to a degree, but there's definitely wrong ways to sort of approach um, doing that. But I, I know from my own personal experience, um, you have to have. Uh, total belief in your idea in what you're selling um and you you can have creative um you know uh, uh, uh belief in it in a project and you can have commercial belief and and really you you need to have both and uh i, th- I think that's that's really important and it may be if you're not feeling that um then maybe it's not the right project i don't know it's something i always sort of think is uh i i like a degree of uh of trepidation before i go into something if i'm not feeling it then i i know it's not right for me that i i'm not pushing myself to sort of uh, achieve something and and i felt it on this um it was hugely exciting and it was an amazing experience like um i i you know, and I'd sort of got prepared myself for you know a difficult journey because you sort of hear horror stories about people making micro budget films and uh, the stuff they had to deal with, and you know, um, and they find themselves halfway through the shoot trying to remortgage their house or something to to try and uh, keep the film going. And actually, this experience was was spot on. Like it was good people. We we you know. I, I hate to sort of speak on their behalf, but I feel pretty confident in saying that, that you know, pretty much everyone had a, a really fantastic time on the film. Uh, we didn't take anyone's work for granted. Um, people, you know, were, were were paid and fed well, which is also probably one of the biggest. Yes. Um, we had really good catering somehow on a micro-budget film. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really good... Um, rewarding experience um and it's not and it's not over you know yeah. making shooting the film is one financing you know you you that's great you get your film financed but then you you still have to make the thing and you have to edit it and then you have to sell it and then you have to get an audience to actually watch it 
It's just one part of the journey. I'm still on that journey, you know? We, we've done our festival run. We're sort of winding down on that now. Um, and it's the next stage is to get those deals and start recouping um, the budget. So, you know, I'm, I'm still on that journey, but I'm enjoying it so far. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.